Welcome to the Rockcast. So glad you could join me on this February episode, and I have tons of random stuff to talk about. Mainly because in February every year, lots of stuff happens. For instance, wait a minute, what's going on? Oh, that's right, that music reminds me that my Kansas City Chiefs went to the Super Bowl and they won. Before I talk about this, I want to say that uh, I know there's a lot of people out there, probably a lot of you listening right now, who hate the Kansas City Chiefs. That's right. You're sick of them winning, you're sick of seeing Kelsey and Mahomes on commercials, you got tired of seeing and hearing about Taylor Swift all the time, and you know something? I totally understand. I used to feel that way about Tom Brady and the Patriots. I feel that way now about the Lakers and the Houston Astros. But the thing is, is you've got to cut me some slack when it comes to the Chiefs. Because I'm not one of these people that just jumped on the bandwagon when they started winning a few years ago. I've been a fan since the 70s. I lived in Missouri and Kansas City for years. And I went through all those agonizing years of them losing. And so forgive me of experiencing great pleasure over the last four years as they won three Super Bowls. But this year was way different from any of the others. I watched every single play of every single game they had this season, and through most of it, it was complete torture. At times, they played absolutely horrible, and I thought, there's no way they're making it back to the Super Bowl. But they did make it to the playoffs, and I didn't really expect them to do anything. But mainly because of their defense, they kept winning. And that's when I heard all kinds of people start saying, well, it's all rigged. The NFL wants them to win. The referees are cheating so they can win. And that's when I said, have any of these people ever watched the Chiefs this year? I can't even begin to tell you how many Chiefs touchdowns were called back this year because of penalties. Somebody would run 40 yards and score and I'd start to get all excited and then I'd see a flag and it's holding Kansas City. In fact, our right tackle had more penalties called on him than any other player in the league. So spare me the whiny conspiracy theories. Every team in football gets screwed by the refs, and that's just the way it is. But I was kind of surprised at all the hate the Chiefs got this year. It's like they turned into the villains. But then again, I do live in Colorado, and I'm in Broncos territory. And when I listen to Denver Sports Radio, oh my God, you should hear the venom. They even hate Mahomes, and I guess they're just jealous because they've only beat him once in the last seven years. But it's kind of hard for me to hear, so I usually end up listening to a station from Kansas City. Oh yeah, the wonders of the internet. 
But anyway, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan for life. But I will admit, I didn't expect them to win the Super Bowl, but I was uh, very excited when they did. Oh, good for you! Now, I imagine most people watch the Super Bowl, whether you like football or not, because it's just the thing to do. And one guy that watched it was Jimmy G in Chicago. And Jimmy G had a whole lot of comments about it. And the first thought he had was the halftime show. The music was arguably not music. I think I saw Colin Kaepernick performing. Uh, no, Jimmy, I think that was ludicrous. Not your comment, but the rapper. Who didn't know that? Uh, yeah, I heard a lot of people saying, uh, wow, that halftime this year wasn't too bad. Usher and Alicia Keys were amazing. Uh, yeah, no, not to me. As is the case with most of these uh, musical performances, we'll call them, they make up for the lack of musicality by filling up the stage, or in this case, a football field, with hundreds of dancers jumping around and on roller skates. And it kind of distracts dumb people from the lack of musicality that's going on. And so, no, I didn't think Alicia Keys was that great. I've seen her about 5,000 times on other shows. And I don't doubt that she can sing and all that, but uh, I didn't think she was very good at the Super Bowl halftime. As far as Usher, I thought he was okay, but he's no Michael Jackson, even if he does wear one glove. <laughs> but the one performer that really annoyed me was her, H-E-R. They keep trying to convince us all that she's some amazing guitar player. In fact, she made Rolling Stone's top 250 of all time. But let's get real, I think we all know why she's getting such praise and playing the halftime of the Super Bowl. I'll give you a hint, it's the same reason why Kamala Harris is the vice president. I know I'm supposed to be impressed because she's a woman and can play a halfway mediocre guitar solo. But when there's female guitarists out there like Oranthe and Jennifer Batten who could shred her into the ground, give me a break. So I just wasn't that excited or impressed with any of it. It'd be nice if we could have a rock band play the halftime again someday. For instance, this would have been a perfect year to have Metallica play. But then again, maybe there's just too many white guys in that band for the NFL. Duh, you're damn right. Uh, next, Jimmy had some comments about Taylor Swift. He said if the NFL knew she was going to be at the game, why wasn't she part of the halftime entertainment? And I bet some fans also played a drinking game. Every time Taylor Swift was shown on TV, you had to take a shot. Yeah, probably so. Uh, you know, I think we're all probably getting a little Taylor Swift fatigue at this point. I know at first I just thought it was kind of cute. You know, okay, her and Travis Kelsey, they'll probably break up soon anyway. But then it was just nonstop, and I even started getting a little annoyed. But the media and society in general, they do that with everything. They just take something and they just pound it into your face until you're like, all right, enough already. I hate it. I hate it. Jimmy's next comment was, there was a streaker on the field during the game. Streaking may be a thing in Las Vegas, but is streaking a thing in Colorado in the winter? Well, I kind of doubt it, Jimmy. I haven't seen a lot of that going on here. But I am old enough to remember streaking back in the 70s. If you were around back then, it kind of became a fad. 
And there was a song by Ray Stevens called The Streak. And it was just one of those things where uh, if you wanted to be crazy, you took all your clothes off and went, yeah, I'm going to run down the middle of the street. Of course, these days, people probably wouldn't even care or notice uh, unless you did it uh, at the Super Bowl. And he ain't wearing no clothes. Oh, yes, they call him the street. Next, Jimmy had a question. He said, we ate chicken wings and nachos during the game. What did you eat? Well, I watched the game by myself, actually. Uh, Alex had to work, so uh, I just had popcorn. Boring! Yeah, for me, the most important thing is the game. I don't really care that much about the commercials. I thought most of them sucked. Uh, I did like the one with uh, Christopher Walken. But that was about it. There were a couple that I really hated. I thought the one with Ben Affleck was really stupid. It had, of course, Jennifer Lopez in it, and uh, he was trying to be some kind of boy band. I just thought that was dumb. I'm also getting really tired of the He Gets Us or Jesus Gets Us commercials. I don't know who's making these, but uh, they just seem to be telling us to be woke and just accept everything and everybody, no matter what they do. And I get it, we're supposed to love everybody, and uh, that's fine. But you're not gonna catch me washing LeBron James' feet, I'm just saying. You're hateful. Now, as far as the broadcast and the announcers, I have only one thing to say. Tony Romo needs to shut the hell up. Please, dude, just take a breath once in a while. You don't have to constantly be explaining everything to me. You don't have to always predict what the next play is going to be. I get it. You used to play in the NFL, so you know it all. But were you really that great of a quarterback, if we're being honest? Yeah, the thing I remember the most about your NFL career is that you dated Jessica Simpson. So do us all a favor and just retire from broadcasting. Please let this nightmare stop! All right, Jimmy had a bonus question that's unrelated to the Super Bowl, and it is, Getty Lee has a new book, My Effing Life. Monty, will you read this book, and does your book have a working title? Well, Jimmy, you know how some people will say, uh, I don't watch a lot of TV. I'm more of a reader. Well, I'm not much of a reader, but I do watch a lot of TV. Very impressive. So I probably won't be reading Getty's book. But I did do a really cool painting of him, which you can find on my website, monicalvinart.com. As far as my book, uh, wow, I've been working on that thing off and on for like 25 years now. And it's still not done because I'm usually too busy painting. But yes, it does have a working title, but I'm not going to tell anyone because if I did, they would probably take it and steal it. You know, kind of like Galactic Cowboy Orchestra or Galactic Cowboy Energy Drink. Yeah, so I'm going to keep the name to myself. Good thinking. All right, let's do some emails and questions. And the first one comes from Gary Robb in Baltimore, who says, Hey, Monty, 
How's it going? I didn't see this coming. Well, thanks for asking, Gary. Uh, you know, I'm not doing too bad. Believe it or not, I'm not the most exciting person in the world. No! Yeah, you know, when Alex and I aren't working, we usually just go to the store, we might come back and watch some TV, but we really don't go out that much. Which is totally fine with me, but uh, the last few weeks we actually went out and uh, did a couple of things. First of all, Alex has a daughter who is a professional cellist, and she'll travel around the country playing concerts and with orchestras. And one of the things she's been doing this year is playing in a string quartet that, uh, strangely enough, plays Coldplay songs. And when that tour came to Denver, unfortunately her daughter wasn't playing that night, but uh, she did get us tickets. And we went, and it was actually really cool. The whole place was filled with candles, the musicians were amazing. And this may surprise you, but I actually like Coldplay. And no, that doesn't mean I'm gay. You are sure about that? I've thought for a long time that Coldplay had some really good tunes. But when I heard their song stripped down just to strings, it kind of made me realize what a great songwriter Chris Martin is. The melodies and arrangements are just really exceptional. And every now and then when I get burned out on metal, I just uh, pull out their X and Y album and kind of go to a different place. It's got some of the best ballads I've ever heard. The production is great. The songs are awesome from beginning to end, and believe it or not, it's probably one of my favorite albums, maybe of all time. You know one thing I love about Coldplay is that driving bass. I'm one of those guys that thinks sometimes just hammering on that low string is all you need. And on this song it just works perfectly. Gay. Another thing we did a few weeks ago was for a Christmas present, Alex took me to see Adam Carolla. He was doing a stand-up show in Estes Park, Colorado at the Stanley Hotel. 
And a lot of people know the Stanley Hotel from The Shining, even though I don't believe The Shining was actually filmed there. But I think Stephen King either wrote the book or the screenplay while he was staying there. I'm not sure. But either way, Alex and I have been there a couple of times, and it's a cool place. And Adam had two shows, both of which were packed out. We went to the first one, and he was very hilarious. I have been a fan of Adam Carolla since he had Loveline on MTV. I loved The Man Show and Crank Yankers. I've seen his movies. I've even watched his shows that were about carpentry and uh, home improvement. I used to listen to his radio show. And then I think it was around 2009, he started doing his own podcast. And I listened from day one. And he's really one of the reasons why I started doing my own podcast. And these days, I watch him on YouTube just about every day. And so I am just an Adam Carolla super fan. And I not only think he's a brilliant comic, but I think he's important. Because he is one of those people who views the world with common sense, and he is not afraid to speak his mind regardless of the subject. Back when everyone in Hollywood was saying, you gotta get vaccinated, you gotta stay in your house, he was saying, this is all bullshit. And I will always admire him for that. But it was a really good show. He told a couple of Biden jokes that I really liked. He said, remember when George W. Bush was president and some guy in a press conference took off his shoes and threw them at him? And Bush just dodged out of the way like a ninja. And he said, can you imagine that today if somebody took a shoe and threw it at Biden's head? Uh, yeah, there would be no cat-like quickness. But Carolla is just one of these genius comedians that can take any word and turn it into a 15-minute monologue. For instance, he did a whole rant about how much he hates cake and that pie is much better. But anyway, after the show was over, uh, we got to take a picture with him. I got to tell him what an honor it was to meet him. And uh, that was just a dream come true. And I just thank Alex uh, so much for making that happen. Let's see, what else? Oh, it was Valentine's Day this month. And in case I haven't said this before, I have the greatest girlfriend in the history of girlfriends. Alex just spoils me rotten on a daily basis. And I got her a card and a plant, but uh, get this, for Valentine's Day and an early birthday present, she got me tickets to a Denver Nuggets game. And if you know anything about me, you know that that is my favorite kind of gift. I just love going to hockey, basketball, football, and baseball games. I also love concerts, but man, I love the sports. And since I have the coolest girlfriend ever, she took me to a Nuggets game on Valentine's Day, if you can believe that. And the Nuggets did lose, but we still had a great time, and I love you, Alex. Okay, enough. Now, like I said, the Nuggets game was a Valentine's slash early birthday present. And yes, I had another birthday. I was born on February 19th, 1959. And that would make me uh, old. Good God! And I can't even believe it sometimes. I mean, it's weird for me to even think that I was born in the 50s. I mean, I was around when Kennedy got assassinated, when uh, the first man supposedly stepped on the moon. Yeah, I sat there watching that on a black and white TV when it happened. 
I mean, I was a little bitty kid, but I saw it. But the really weird thing is that in my mind, I still feel like I'm 30. That's how old I was when I started Galactic Cowboys. And the reason I remember that so well is we were in the studio recording the first album. And the guys threw me a surprise party at the studio. And Doug Pennick showed up and him and Alan had bought me a Sony Discman. And I thought that was really cool because now I could buy CDs. And I remember somebody gave me a birthday card and it said, uh, Congratulations, you're th 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 30. And I remember thinking, wow, I'm 30. I'm getting so old. I better make this whole rock and roll thing happen like right now. But then I looked over at Doug Pennick and I thought, you know, he's like 10 years older than me. He still looks good. He's still rocking. And it was right around that time that uh, I came up with the idea to write this song called Galactic Cowboy Theme Song also known as Galactic Cowboy Reprise or uh, Ranch on Mars. And it included the line, Galactic Cowboys Never Age. But I'm here today to tell you that uh, that is not true. We actually do age, and uh, at 65, I'm really starting to feel it. But at the time, it was kind of like, hey, I don't care how old I am, I'm going to keep doing it, I'm going to keep going. But what can I say? Some lyrics age better than others. So, Galactic Cowboys never age. Wishful thinking, I guess. But the one good thing about getting older is that oftentimes with age comes a little bit of wisdom. There's a lot of things I did in the past that I wouldn't do now. There are mistakes that I made in the past that I wouldn't make now. And for me, a lot of it just came down to figuring out what matters in life. When I was in my 20s or 30s or 40s or even 50s, there were things that I thought, oh yeah, if I just had that, I would be happy. But then you get some of those things and you go, wow, uh, no, that didn't make me happy. It actually made me miserable. And I think that's why now I'm a little more content. I don't have to be depressed all the time or feel like a failure just because I'm not on the road touring. A lot of that was great, and sometimes I miss that. But it doesn't have to be my total identity anymore. Also, getting older has kind of helped me understand the opposite sex a little better. Not that I totally understand women, but I'm not nearly as clueless as I used to be about them. For example, these days, if I get into a disagreement or argument with Alex, Instead of thinking that I've gone to an alternate universe where logic and reason no longer exist, I just tell myself, try to stay calm and be understanding. And if that doesn't work, uh, then I just go for a walk. The thing is, the older you get, hopefully the more you've learned. And one of the most important things I've learned over the course of my life is that I used to be a real asshole. 
That's correct. It's not that I was trying to be. It was that I was just so self-centered and I wasn't thinking enough about other people. And so that's something I've tried to do over the last several years. Appreciate the things I have and treat people with kindness and respect. Oh, that is so nice. And if you don't believe that, then, uh, you know, kiss my ass. <laughs> He's a nice man. All right, so I hope that answered Gary's question about how it's going. But Gary also wanted to know if he could commission me to do a painting of Nico McBrain, the drummer for Iron Maiden. Uh, is it Nico or Nico? Well, either way, uh, I said, of course you can. And that makes about six or seven paintings now that I've done for Gary. He has gradually been having me paint every member of Iron Maiden. And I'm working on the one of Mr. McBrain right now, and it looks great. And if anyone out there listening right now would like to commission me to do any of your favorite rock stars, uh, let me know. Of course, that's not all I do. I do sports figures, celebrities. I'll do your wife or girlfriend. Oh, wow, that sounded bad. That's disgusting! But you know what I'm saying. I'll do uh, relatives, pets, uh, you name it. They make great gifts for a friend or relative or even for yourself. So if you're interested, just drop me a message and we shall discuss. I can do that! I can do it today! Next, I heard from an old friend of mine named Robert Donati. I went to grade school with Robert, and we've stayed in touch all these years. And he even listens to my podcast. And I love this guy. It's always great to hear from him. And he says, please tell me you are watching the Grammys this year. There's enough material for at least five podcasts from this year's edition. Well, Robert, as you know, in the past, I have watched those things so my listeners didn't have to. And I did that out of the kindness of my heart. I would record it, and I would take notes, and then I would give you a recap. But there just reached a point where, as kind-hearted as I am, I just could not do it anymore. So, no, I did not watch the Grammys, nor do I have any plans to watch the Emmys, Oscars, Golden Globes, People's Choice Awards, the MTV Music Awards, or any of those shows. And there's a simple reason why. I just can't stand any of those people any longer. I have no interest in watching celebrities sit there hoping to get their egos stroked, only to be offended when the host makes a joke about them because they're so thin-skinned and have no sense of humor. But the real reason why I hate these shows so much is that I just don't care anymore. I mean, seriously, when it's between Taylor Swift, Miley Cyrus, and Olivia Rodrigo, you think I give a rat's ass which one of them wins? I don't even care anymore if Metallica wins. These days, if they put out anything, they're going to get a Grammy. Do you think anybody on the Grammy committee actually listens to metal? And because Metallica is the only thing in metal that they've ever heard of, they're going to vote for Metallica. Metallica, oh yeah, that sounds familiar. So no, I didn't watch the Grammys, but I did watch some of the highlights on YouTube, and it looked about as bad as I thought it would be. As far as the winners, uh, there were no surprises. Well, other than Jay-Z winning for something other than the Biggest Asshole Award, 
I'm not sure what he did win for, but when he got up there to accept it, he spent the whole time griping that uh, his wife Beyonce hadn't gotten enough accolades in her life. Yeah, apparently she's never won the Grammy for Album of the Year. Wow, who knew? I mean, seriously, bless her heart. I hope they can cope. And if I sound a little bitter, uh, it's because I am. When I think about all the talented bands who I loved and they broke up after one or two albums because no one would give them any attention or support, it pisses me off to see mediocre people thriving and making millions in the music industry. And I know there's nothing I can do about it, it's just the way it is. So instead of getting upset, I just don't watch. You're bitter and you're hateful. Now something I did watch was the NBA All-Star Game, and oh my god was that horrible. And the thing you have to understand about me is that through my youth and through most of my adulthood, the NBA All-Star Game was a huge thing for me. I remember back when I was in my teens and I was playing on my high school basketball team, and one night we had a game on the same night as the All-Star Game. And back in the 70s, well, <clears throat> we didn't have those VCRs that would record the game for you. If you didn't watch it live, you missed it and you could never see it again. And that's just the way it was. Yeah, and so I remember being so bummed that I almost uh, decided to stay home and not go to my game. Because, you know, it was all the great players right there in one game, and it was a big deal. And the players competed like they wanted to win. And I actually even went to one of them uh, when it was in Houston at uh, the Astrodome. I think it was in the late 80s, maybe. And I bought a ticket and went by myself, and it was great. But these days, as I've said before, I don't think the players really care that much about the fans. And for the last several years, they've just turned the game into a joke. They just jack up a lot of three-pointers, nobody plays defense, and they dunk a lot. And it just gets boring. So I'm thinking the NBA All-Star Game should maybe go the way of the NFL Pro Bowl and just do away with it. I disagree with that. I also watched some stuff on YouTube, like usual. And that Rick Beato guy has some really good episodes on his channel. They're called What Makes This Song Great? And he'll break down different songs by letting you hear what the bass is doing soloed up. If you're a guitar player, he'll show you how the lead went. And he did one recently on Carry On Wayward Son by Kansas. And it was just amazing to hear what went on inside of that song, stuff that you don't even probably realize is going on. The different keyboard and guitar parts. And you just start to realize what genius that band was and how incredible Carrie Livgren was as a songwriter. And speaking of Carrie Livgren, if you want a painting or a print of him, uh, check out my website, montycalvinart.com. Commercial's over. Another episode that Rick Beato did that I really enjoyed was on Boston's uh, Hitch a Ride. And after I watched it, I started thinking about Tom Scholes, and I thought, I wonder if there's any interviews with him on here. So I searched YouTube, and sure enough, there were several. And the more I learned about Tom Scholes, the more I was impressed. That guy was an absolute freaking genius, and uh, for him to record like at least the first two albums by himself in a basement, just mind-blowing. 
I know he brought Brad Delpin to do the vocals, but uh, most of that was just him. And after that, I also watched a video interview with Barry Gaudreau. And I was interested to find out that Barry actually, after the first album, they went out and toured, and he wanted to play on the second album and contribute songwriting and whatnot. But Tom was just like, no, I'm going to do this second one by myself again. And really, why not? The first one was a classic. It was absolutely perfect. So why not do it again? And eventually, Tom just told Barry, uh, yeah, you're free to go. And so Barry went and uh, started another band, and he put out an album called Orion the Hunter. And it sounded a little bit like Boston, so I went out and bought it when I heard this song. Does anybody remember this? Yeah, I love that song. What a chorus. And I listened to the whole album again the other day, and it's really pretty good. So if you're a Boston fan and you've never heard of this, it's called Orion the Hunter. You might want to check it out. I also ran onto something on YouTube that some of you Rush nerds might be interested in. It was a live video of Rush from the 70s and John Rutsey is on drums. And they are literally playing a high school assembly. And these kids who are probably in their late 60s now are just sitting there very politely. And they would applaud after Rush played uh, Finding My Way or Working Man. And then the principal would come out and say, okay, let's hear it again for these guys. They're called Rush. But it was just really cool to watch because uh, Getty's just screaming his head off. And they weren't really into all the prog stuff yet, but uh, they were just rocking. And so that too is something that you might want to check out. The response has been loud and clear repeatedly. No 
Thanks. All right, time now for some odds and ends. First of all, after the last episode, my buddy Jeff Moore messaged me and said, hey, about that top 10 list you made uh, about uh, most bloated musicians, you left off one. What about Mike Reno from Loverboy? And I went, oh no, how could I forget Mike Reno? If you looked up bloated musician in the dictionary, there would be a picture of Mike Reno. In fact, I think I would go as far to say that Mike Reno is the bloated goat. Oh, yes! I mean, he should have been number one on my list, and he wasn't on my list at all. And so I'm very sad and embarrassed about this, uh, but what can I do? It's too late now, but uh, how about an honorary mention? Not good enough! I also got a message from John Huff in Canada. And I've been friends with John for a long time now. He's a longtime listener. And he also used to send me these amazing top 10 lists. And he won the top 10 playoffs like two or three times. Well, now he has his own podcast. It's really good. And you all should check it out. It's called the John Huff Podcast. But the other day, he sent me a link to a podcast that is neither his nor mine. And it was called The Christian Geek Rockcast. That's right, they stole my name. How dare they! But it's okay because I saw the episode was about Galactic Cowboys. And so I forgave them for using Rockcast and just went ahead and listened to it. And I gotta say, it was really good. They talked about our career, they talked about how much they loved our music, and they went through the entire first album. They also plugged my podcast, which I really appreciated. Now, it is a Christian-oriented music show, and as you know, I don't really care that much about Christian music per se. I just listen to stuff I like and that I think is good. And if the people doing it happen to be Christians, I'm like, okay, cool. But I never considered Galactic Cowboys to be a, quote, Christian band. We were Christians and we wrote certain songs that I guess you would call faith-based. But I never felt like we were preachy and I never wanted to be really considered part of a Christian music scene. If Christians liked us, I was glad for that. But I always just saw us as a very creative rock band. But the thing I liked about this podcast is that they just listened to the songs and talked about the music, and they weren't really overly judgmental about anything. Like, I've seen these guys on YouTube, and they're these super Christians, and it seems like their whole mission is to criticize any musical artist who doesn't believe exactly like they do, and they end up saying stuff like, The Dove Awards are demonic. Or Amy Grant is of the devil. And honestly, you couldn't get me to go to the Dove Awards. I can't stand any of that CCM stuff. But I just get tired of these people that are so self-righteous that they think there's no place for an electric guitar inside of a church. You're a sinner. You're going to hell. So anyway, I just like that these guys just could enjoy our music. Now, I will say that they did misinterpret a couple of the songs. For instance, Kill Floor had nothing to do with abortion. It's a song I wrote about a guy that works inside of a meatpacking plant on the kill floor, and he kills cows all day. And at the end of the song, he ends up going nuts. 
But I suppose you could make the correlation between a doctor working in an abortion clinic and the kill floor. Uh, yeah, that's fine with me. That's kind of the cool thing about music is you can uh, have all kinds of different interpretations. But I really like these guys. They were obviously fans uh, from way back and apparently still are. And I really appreciate them doing the episode and keeping our name out there. I also appreciate that they apparently listen to my show, which lets you know that they are highly intelligent. But my favorite thing that they said was, Monty is a funny, nice guy. And to me, that is the ultimate compliment. So if you're a Galactic Cowboy fan, you might want to go and listen to that episode. And if you like it, you might end up listening to all their episodes. But once again, it's called the Christian Geek Rockcast. That sounds really good, doesn't it? Something else I wanted to tell you about was I got a message literally this morning from Gary in Baltimore. And it was a link to a show on YouTube where these two black guys do reaction videos to different songs. And I point out the fact that they were black because you just don't see a lot of black people reviewing metal. At least I don't. So right away I thought, okay, this is cool. And when I saw they were going to do a reaction to I'm Not Amused by Galactic Cowboys, well, I thought, now I have to watch it. And my reaction to their reactions was, wow. Because they had never heard of us, they had never heard that song, and immediately they were just banging their heads and loving it. They were like, man, this is nasty in a good way. And they were just freaking out over the acoustic guitar and the thrash and the tempo changes. And I just got the impression from watching them that they had never heard anything like this before. And some of it I even think threw them for a loop. Like they weren't totally crazy about the chorus. They thought it was a little too pop to fit the song. And they also thought some of it was humorous where they didn't think that fit. But overall they seemed to love it. And after it was done, I sat there kind of thinking about it. And I thought, you know, I'll always be kind of disappointed that we weren't bigger than we were. Not that we had to be Guns N' Roses and Nirvana. But if we could have been a big theater type band where we made a really nice living and just were able to do that full time forever, that would have been great. Kind of like Dream Theater or something like that. But it didn't happen for whatever reason. Maybe we were just too weird. But the thing that still brings me a lot of satisfaction is when I see two guys like this that had never heard it before and their reaction is, what the hell is this? And they get a smile on their face when something different pops up and they don't know what to expect next. And that's when I realize, you know, we really did something different. I mean, tell me how many times you think somebody hears a Taylor Swift song and says, wow, I've never heard anything like this. Uh, the answer is zero. So, you know, I'll always have that. But thanks to Rockcast listener Dan Singleton for suggesting that to those guys. He just messaged me a few minutes ago and told me he's the guy that has been begging them for years to uh, do one of our songs. And they finally did. And here's the info you need. The name of their YouTube channel is called Lost in Vegas. 
They're one of the most popular music reaction channels on uh, YouTube, apparently, with 1.25 million subscribers. The only catch is I think you have to join some kind of Patreon site for like three bucks. But if you're interested, it's out there. You can go find it. Now, one show that you do not have to pay for is mine. As always, these shows are free. I don't really make any money from doing this podcast. But if you'd like to support the show, you could go to my website, montycalvinart.com, and buy a print or painting or some refrigerator magnets. It's always appreciated, and it goes to a good cause. Uh, Groceries. (laughs) Who needs that? All right, I seriously don't know if anybody out there likes the band Rammstein, or as I say, Rammstein, but I do. And their lead singer, Till Lindemann, has a new solo album. And a lot of it's kind of Rammstein-esque, and it'll probably never be played on the radio. And so I thought, ah, perfect, I'll play it for my listeners. They'll probably hate it. So here you go, hope you like it, and I hope you know how to speak German. Mein Leben ist ein feuchter Fluch Immer salzig, Haut und Tuch Armkleidung ständig nass Ich schwitze ohne Unterlass Und der Sommer steht im Guten Wirft mein Körper seine Fluten Once again, that's some great stuff from Lindemann. I would tell you what the name of the song was, but I don't know how to pronounce it. Wow, this guy is good. But that's going to do it for me for now. I hope you had a good time listening, and I'll be back soon with more fun and mayhem. But until then, this has been Monty saying take care, don't let anyone tell you what to like, unless it's me. And rock on. 
ich bleib alleine. Ja, ich weiß. Und Schuld daran ist nur mein Schweiß. That song was pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I liked it. 